Hello and welcome back to Sonic Inducers, episode 11. It's a new year, a new season of the episode, or the episode of the podcast, I guess. I don't know. It's a new we'll season. figure that out. We'll just keep going with the, the episode numbers, though. That's how we'll, you know, differentiate which episode is which. Uh, yes, it's been a while. We, we decided to uh, take a month off for the holidays, and um, but we're back and we're very excited. And uh, Nick, how you been, my friend? Dude, I'm great. Happy to be back. It's it, it was a it felt weird that we didn't record last I month, know. but here we are. Like it's, it's been a long time, and this is a short month, so you know we'll we'll just have to do another one here in a couple weeks. Anyway, That's it's good right. to hear your voice. Uh, I wanted to jump right in uh, with this episode. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to the Banksy exhibit here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Really fun. Highly recommend it. Um, and when I was walking out, you know, I don't know if you know the movie Exit Through the Gift Shop, which kind of highlighted Banksy. Uh, obviously, you know, you walk through the gift shop on the way out and there's this sign uh, behind the counter. I took yeah. a picture of it. It says copyright is for losers. And I I laughed and had to take a photo. And um, I was with my girlfriend and her parents and her parents laughed and uh, said, why, why is that funny to you? I, I, you know, I'm like, well, because I work in music copyright. And <laughs> that just, you know, it tickles me. But then we started talking about copyright and right. specifically how you copyright music. And it started to kind of bring up a lot of questions like, yeah, what is copyright? Like, how do you determine copyright? I know you can register works with the government, but there are a lot of other ways to do it. Um, especially, you know, the, um, the, what they call the poor man's copyright, which I'll get into later, which I've done myself. Um, mm-hmm. but I wanted to kind of, right. Of course. Uh, <laughs> cause I'm a cheap bastard, uh, <laughs> but just kind of discuss different ways that you can go about it. And, and do you need to, um, how do you prove that you own something? Uh, how do you prove that you own your, your publishing or your master recording? Um, so it might seem like a very, um, uh, elementary question, but I think it's worth discussing. I um, think so too. Especially for us, you know, seasoned vets <laughs> who have been in this a while, <laughs> but it might be useful for anyone out there who, I don't know, uh, is just starting to write music or curious about, hey, what do I do with my publishing? So, um, yeah, I, you know, the, 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 the immediate answer is you can register your uh, your works with the government and make it with official, the copyright office. Get, yeah, right. But that can get expensive. And so when you and I were talking about this topic before uh, we recorded the episode, you being the publishing guy, I was curious, sure. like, do you register the compositions and the sound recordings? Do you do both? Can you explain maybe in your experience how that works? Well, Yeah, sure. Well, my experience is on uh, the composition side. Um, And yes, um, you can register your works um, with the Copyright Office, but – and that was the way it had to be for a really long time. If you didn't register them, then they weren't copyrighted. But a law had passed at at some point. I don't have my dates proper, but – you can do also the poor man's copyright or you can copyright really is as soon as you get words or music on paper, as soon as you have an idea on paper or whatever form you can have it on, on computer or whatever, it's automatically copyrighted then. 
Now you might say, well, then what's the purpose of the copyright office? That's right. the official way to get everything, you know, the, 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 the stamp on it and, and all of that. But if say, let's just say, for example, uh, you wrote a tune last year, um, and or no, you wrote a tune two years ago, and some way or another, it got to somebody else. They took that song, um, and because they had no idea who you were, or didn't have any connection to you, or perhaps they just thought, you know what, this is actually mine. I'm going to release it, and that was uh, somebody had a release of it and everything. Um, you, if you had a record of of writing it if perhaps you had an mp3 of it or you had some um let's just say some tangible form proving that you had the rights that you came up with the idea first that will hold up in in, um a court of law um and many times many many times even with big publishers it will get down to that you know it, it they'll say well who registered it well Okay, well, who registered it first? And then you can get down to the weeks or to the months. And uh, um, copyright is copyright is like the like the uh, golden goose egg. It's like the the acorn uh, that that grew the sequoia. You know, it's the it's the uh, the beginning and it's the beginning of the the base of the mountain and and the summit and everything in between. It's 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 the birth of a song. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. And that's, that's the, the, the feeling on, on uh, the publishing side. Um, and everything grows from that, uh, from the copyright, you hold the copyright, you, you hold uh, so much um, on the sound recording side. I'm not as, as privy to it, not working at the label side, but it, it's uh, very similar um, you know, I think it's 50 years after, uh, after the recording, um, I think you have rights to it, uh, something along those lines, but, um, but copyright is, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's so crucial and, you know, I mean, you and I can copyright something today if we wanted to put some, to put two words together, you know, it's, uh, it's <laughs> That's probably all I'm good for is two words. <laughs> I can't I mean, what do you think? I life. mean, What's your, what's I, well, been your okay. experiences? Well, I, first of all, I have, I have maybe a question for you. So when I think of compositions, I think of lyrics and melody, right? Yeah, and I it. get like, okay, lyrics, I could write those down easy. Right, when I right, can, right. You know, take a photo of it with a timestamp or something just to prove like, sure. here's the date that I made this. But when it comes to just, cause look, look, I write instrumental stuff, so I don't write lyrics. I just mm-hmm. have a melody. So how do you copyright a melody? Can you do that? Well, it's, um, yes. I think the answer is yes. I mean, that's how, well, (laughs) well, I mean, well, it gets back down to, um, generally, um, it's in the EU and the EP registrations of, of copyright, like the official copyright registrations, it will be listed as composer and author composer being Mm -hmm. the person who writes the music, um, Jesse Worstel and the author, Nicola point. Um, it's usually, um, cut in half. The same thing would apply if it's an instrumental, you think Steve Vai can't register all of his songs. I mean, they're all instrumentals, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, Pat Metheny, um, you know, um, Leo Kotke, 
Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yet definitely you can, uh, you can copyright all of those things. They're used to what, what tangible. Do, it, okay. I'm going to disclose some information here for you about me. Uh, right. you, there you are, sure if, about that? yeah, if you were to go <laughs> through, so I used to have, I, I was, uh, I love my flip phone. I miss my flip phone. I miss T9 texting. It's, I talk it's about making all a the comeback. Yeah. Let's hope so. Uh, everyone gives me crap for it. But so back in the day, uh, when I was a starving artist, I had my flip phone, but I, for my birthday, I went and got, um, I'm going to say it wrong, an iPod shuffle, but the ones that you could, they're basically a phone without shuffle. the phone, right? So if you found like a Wi-Fi signal, you could get on the internet, you could send text messages, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but what I used that a lot for was uh, when I would get like a melody, like a guitar riff or something in my head, I'd whip that thing out and I'd use the video. So it's it's all these videos of like my mouth going, do, 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 you know, like, <laughs> making these weird noises with my mouth. <laughs> so if anyone, I don't know if those are in the cloud, but if anyone were ever like, Go through my drawers. I think it's in a, a bedside table drawer and find this thing. They'd have to charge it first because it, it died. You'd go to the video. Find charger. Charge it. Yeah. yeah. We have to get one of those old, remember those, the old chargers that were like a mile long at the base. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Um, which are, which is like when you go to a, a crappy hotel and they have like the iPod station, it's yeah. always that long. They haven't updated those radio <laughs> it's a really MP3 wide players. One. Yeah. So, Anyway, if you were to find that, you'd see all these silly and but to me they made sense. Be- yeah. Granted, I'm not like 100% replicating what the guitar is going to sound like. You speak right? guitar. I'm sure they were right. perfect. Oh, dude, I my my roommate in college, he'd get so mad because I would um I would like hum along the guitar solos, you know. He'd, dude, stop doing that. That's so annoying. I'm like, "Why is that annoying you?" Anyway. Um so back to the topic at hand. Yeah. If as far as a tangible melody, I to me that seems like that would work. I could say, "Hey, here's look at this video of me." You know, <laughs> I think I wrote that. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I think know. that's I a know. stretch. I think that's a stretch. I okay, think. Okay, then how has- would you how how would you register and copyright a mel like the underlying work of a sound recording? Where's my guitar? Um, you you probably have to make who knows maybe you have to record it on a uh, you have to record it you have to have some sort of properly recording. you know it can't okay. be via mouth or kazoo or 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 right. <laughs> or anything like that like maybe maybe okay. it's got to be maybe the notes have to be written down um, maybe you have to you like know, ha- actually like, do the notation yeah 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 maybe something uh, like sheet that. Music. But yeah, okay, um, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because I think if you take your iPod shuffle to court when, you know, uh, Lil Wayne does a tune, and the thing is also like, and I'm just spitballing it here, right? Like, you've got your iPod shuffle and you're going, and then you hear Lil Wayne, you know, I know, it's a hit. And then Lil Wayne puts out a tune. Like, first, like, logically, is has Lil Wayne heard that version before? Have you have you shown it to people that could have been in contact with him? That's the first piece of the puzzle in my simple brain. Like perhaps, and that's here's the thing. That's what's happened. I'll give you an example. Um, when I was over at Warner, we represented a, a little known uh, writer. Um, I forget what his name is. Matt, not Matt. Um, Wattenberg, something. I, he he worked with the same guy, um, but he uh, called me up and said, 
hey, this new American Idol artist, I think it was um, Daughtry. Um, he oh, said, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. this Daughtry uh, guy, he's doing my tune. And I mm. said, well, that record came out already and I don't see your <laughs> uh, name on the publishing and you know, Sony isn't giving you any sort of um, recognition for it. He said, well, listen to this, you know, and he sends me the MP3 of him playing it. Um, mm. and it's time stamped or something, or he, he mm. goes back and he gives me enough supporting documentation to say, listen, no, 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 no. I wrote this and here are the emails, me sending it to a producer to take a listen to. And guess what? That producer now produced this Daughtry thing. What happened is said song made its way through the channels and then when it landed on Daughtry's desk, or you know, so to speak, but you know, um, I'm sure he's got a desk. There was no recognition of who wrote it, so it was really a freebie song, in so sure. to speak. So then, when it came out and it was a hit, um, we had to kind of you know put the toothpaste back in the tube. You know, there was a lot of legal action mm-hmm. and everything, and it had to be verified that this guy with his guitar wrote this tune um, before. Um, yes, granted Daughtry and, um, some other, you know, American Idol writers added a little bit extra, but, um, it eventually worked out where to say, listen, no, 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 no. This was my song. We're going to come to a fair split and yeah, it went through all the way down the river and now it's, now it's where it is. And that's great for this guy who had, um, not not the connections to make this happen, but they acknowledged that it was his copyright. And uh, did he register it um, w- with the copyright office? I don't think so. But um, he showed the proof that he said, "No, no, sure. no, no, this is mine." Um, so it can. That's it incredible. Can work. I because I'm sh- you hear that stuff all the time, and obviously, but that's that happens. That's not like a one off thing. Like that's happened a lot, and it just yeah, to yeah. me. I mean, unless, you know, my experience in the, in the artist performing side is a lot different than, than someone who's maybe a songwriter, but just the fact that like, Hey, I wrote this song, never recorded it or released it, but somehow got in the hands of somebody like, how does that happen? I just find that kind of fascinating where, well, I don't know, maybe you're doing like a a writer's round or something and someone gives your tune and takes it. The, we keep using that term found its way into somebody's hands. Like. That's how it, it still works that way a little bit. Um, You know, my wife tells me, you know, how, you know, somebody from her company will fly somewhere with the CD of a recording so someone else can hear it because they can't mail it. They can't send a digital copy of it because it's just, it has to, you know, kind of has to be in the presence of that person so they know where it's going because so much is shared uh, digitally. So, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, is it easier for me to, or for some person to send a physical copy of a, of a cut or a track or something to a studio where someone else can record on it, or it would be easier for them to send the stems over. It's easier sure. for that. Um, yeah. and, and that opens up the possibilities. Of sure. Things. Um, you just, you just showed your age by, by, by calling a song a cut. Did I say? <laughs> <laughs> my dad, my dad used to do that. He was like, this is a good cut. What? <laughs> <laughs> um well okay cool so on the sound recording side 
I, I feel like it might be, maybe I'm wrong, a little easier just because you, you could have a CD, you can have a recording of it. You could have, you know, a commercial release and obviously it's in the airwaves and, you know, like what I did back in the day when I first started, you know, really playing out and, and writing songs and this and that, and the other, uh, I read that book. I forget I, Donald, somebody, the, the book, every, Don Passman, Don Passman. That's it. I just want to say yeah. Pressman, but it's, uh, everything you need to know about the music business. And he keeps updating it to, you know, fall in line with the changing, uh, things, the digital things basically. So I read this, I think it was back in like 2002 and right. MP3s like Napster. Yeah. Nah, it's a good vintage. Napster was kind of doing its thing, but it, you know, it was still illegal. So he, a lot of what he talked about were like actual CD sales and album sales. 2002 he, was the beginning of the decline of CD yeah, sales. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, but he talked a lot about copyright and, he said, yeah, you could do that thing. And I did it where you, you take your, your finished CD, your album, mm-hmm. you put it in a package and you mail it to yourself and you never open it. And then, Hey, boom, you got a copyright. Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm sure that that could work. I, I think I would leave that once, but, uh, it, it, he talked more about like band names as opposed to maybe full on songs where, but I think the idea still stands on both sides. Like if you can prove that you wrote something first or you had the idea first and you have the evidence, like you have that tangible timestamp or whatever, like you said, it's probably going to hold up and you're yeah, probably going to, you're going to win. And obviously it, it, in your case. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. It's like, I, no, I wrote this and I've got the proof. So, I mean, I, yeah. So it's like, why would you want to register your stuff with the government, the copyright office? I mean, I'm sure there's added benefits there. I don't know all of them, but, um, that's expensive. So for a, yeah, indie rock band, you don't need to worry about that, I guess, <laughs> you know, as long yeah. as you can prove that you got it and it's your song before anyone else, there you go. Cause obviously you can't, you know, copyright song names because there's so many songs with the same name or they're, you know, similar names. Um, but band I names, think- that's, that's a tough one for First of all, I- you just got to find the, ori- uh, you got to be original. You got to make sure no one else out there. Ha- that's the hard part. What's that? And what is that? What is that Adele track? And I know I'm gonna. You, you mean know. the cut? The cut that Adele uh, <laughs> cut. cut. What's the title? Uh-huh. The uh, the Hello song. Is it just Hello? I think I think it's Hello. Not to be confused with the Lionel Richie. Version. That's the thing. They yeah. there was some confusion with that. There was some really? confusion with that. That actually was in the news. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, okay. oh no, 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 no. It was. Um, oh shit. Um, it was, um, is a band that I, ca- I can't recall. It, it was, uh, oh my gosh, it was an indie band. It wasn't that it was Sam gay. Smith and, uh, um, um, Tom Petty thing, right? Where it was a similar melody. Oh yeah. It was Sam Smith's first big hit, but it sounded like a Tom Petty song. And Tom, I think it was either Tom Petty or his team was like, Hey, just want to let you know, this sounds a lot like one of our songs. And Sam Smith, his response was like, oh, I don't really listen to Tom Petty. I'm so sorry. But he was cool. It was like, yeah, totally did not mean to. And then I think uh, Tom Petty just took like a cut of the publishing. All's, all's done. They didn't have to like, sue each other or anything. It's a very you know, cool, fascinating, weird world of how all that works. 
People try every now and again, people try to copyright something. I think, I think Michael Jackson tried to copyright his name, Michael. That's a true story. I think he tried to do that. And somebody was just like, what? Um, It's kind of like there was a sportscaster that copyrighted. I always want to say copywritten. That's not right. It's copyrighted. I know. I always feel like I'm speaking bad English when I say copyrighted. Uh, He copyrighted like a phrase like, whoa, Nelly, or, or, oh, it's going, it's going, it's gone, or something. And so every time it was, I think he struck a deal. Oh, is it the wrestling guy? Is it the wrestling guy? I thought it was a baseball guy. I thought it was a baseball. Maybe I'm wrong, but, uh, but it was one of those things where you, if you wanted to use that phrase, you'd have to say in the words of so-and-so, goodbye, Uh, it's gone, or, you know, whatever. (laughs) I know Which, the I know, um, the cool. the Royal Rumble. Let's get ready to rumble! Like that's Is he copyright there. Yeah, no, he's the boxing guy. Yeah, whatever. He's the boxing. Box. He's boxing, wrestling. It's all the same. It's all I real. I thought you know, a bunch of sweaty guys going. <laughs> Just yeah, um, sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, one more one more thing. Like um, the band isn't making too many records now, but um, have you heard of the band Fun? Um, I kind know of- the name. I don't. Okay, so are they it was, new? Are they are they recent? No, 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 no. Kind of like uh, eight years ago, maybe ten years ago. Um, band was fun. Uh, Nate uh, Royce uh, R E U S S um, headed the band, um, and, it's and pronounced they named Royce. The, I think so, or Roos <laughs> wow, or something okay. like that. Yeah, sure, sure, okay. Um, but the band's called Fun, lowercase F uh, F U N and F U N and. And they had to change the name because there was a band in, I'm going to botch it. It's like Scandinavia or Sweden or something that had that name. So mm-hmm. they changed it by adding a period to the end. Oh, so yes. Okay. That's hilarious. But it's all so fun period. Um, but it's like when Lady Antebellum changed their name to Lady A and there's an artist already out there called Lady A. And I think, don't quote me That's, on this, but yeah. I remember reading that Lady Antebellum or now Lady A was like, no, we're keeping this name. Like you just stole someone's name. Like, don't be a prick. Come on. Yeah, that's a that's a tricky one. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. because uh so everyone, I have to follow up on that. Here's the thing. Landed. If you're Lady Antebellum, just let everybody call you Lady A. They all do. The Antebellum's mm-hmm. a long word. You know? Well they you know they you don't were, want to say they were hey, being God, sensitive. We're going to see Lady Ant- it has it has a lot yeah, of racial undertones. So they were trying to be and I like kudos to them for trying to do that, but maybe Look, I don't know. Maybe do better, and not. Yeah, it's a trick. Try to sue somebody who you stole their name. Anyway, yeah, they um, had it before. So, I also wanted to talk about guitars because we love talking about guitars, and we're probably boring everybody. Because by the way, we could talk about copyright just like forever because sure, so but we're running out of time, I, and okay, we gotta sorry. we we gotta squeeze everything in. We haven't I done this know. in a while, and I know we're excited. We are. So, I, so for my Christmas <laughs> present to myself. <laughs> I've been trying, and this is this applies to a lot of areas of my life, like a one-size-fits-all solution. Like, I want that car that can, you know, get me to point A and point B, have good gas mileage. Does this fan have four-wheel drive? Does it get good gas mileage? <laughs> um, <laughs> I just love riding in cars. Uh, but also, it has air conditioning. But maybe can, like, you know, have four-wheel drive and all-terrain, you know. Like you want to be able to buy an outfit that you can wear like every yes. day, like that yes. shirt. It's like, it's like, like when I play vi- <laughs> when I play video games, like I want to have, I want to build like my my character to have everything I need at once, but you you just can't do it. 
I mean, you can try <laughs> and I've been trying for years. So when it comes to a guitar, I'm the same way. I want that one size fits all guitar that, you know, is like the only guitar that I use. And that's what I become quote unquote known for, but oh um, it's hard to do. However, I've come close and I've had my, the very first guitar I bought with my own money is a 2000. You sound American like a 12 year old right now. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, do. I saved up all my, my, all my saved money, up, money saved from my $800 and I went to the store. <laughs> yeah. I mowed a bunch of lawns. Uh, anyway, it's a, it's a, um, Olympic white with a maple fretboard Fender Telecaster. It's gorgeous. That's that thing's beautiful. been a workhorse. Those things stay in tune years after you don't even touch them. And it's just, a, it's solid, but you know, it's single coil and that's cool. And they're noisy, you know, there's um, a little bit of a hum there. Yeah, sure. But they're also, you, you, if you, if you're good with like your, the tone knobs and like your, um, amp settings, you can make it. Play of array of sounds. It doesn't, you're not just stuck to that one thing. Anyway, so I have this luthier, uh, for those that don't know, that guy, a person who fixes and builds guitars. Um, he's in North Hollywood and he's great. This is like um, guitar encyclopedia. I know. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, I, I need the, I want to get noiseless pickups because I want to record with this thing and I do a lot of like mellow stuff. So like it was just really noisy and I bought a four way switch. So a Telecaster has two pickups. And you can switch between the neck, middle position, and the bridge. Well, this fourth mm-hmm. position is all the way like where the bridge would be. It's all the way up top. But what that does is it puts the pickups in series as opposed to in phase. I think that's the right terminology. Anyway, it basically uh, humbucker is basically two single coils like wrapped together. So basically, it gives me a, a neck humbucker sound, which is like really thick and awesome. So now I have a whole new array of sounds I can play with on this thing, and I did some test recording with it and it is perfect. Anyway, I'm so excited about this guitar, but it made me start thinking about, you know, Mm -hmm. guitar players who have that signature. They have, they literally have their signature guitar, um, but they're known for that one guitar, like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Fender Strat, Jimi Mm -hmm. Hendrix Strat as well. But I did see a video of him playing uh, a Gibson SG with three humbuckers, which was crazy. Uh, Never seen that before. I have to find that. But, um, you know, obviously Angus Young, uh, an SG as well. So is what's your, like, not that I'm going to be at that level ever, because I can't play that way. But when I'm dead and gone, I want everyone to be like, man, he really, his telecast, that was his instrument. And so I'm really excited because I feel like I found that one size. I found, I found my Goldilocks guitar. Well, and it just I, it, it, like happened yesterday. At, at, right. But she's named Betty because it's white, Betty White, rest in peace. My, oh my, my favorite. Right. So anyway, what's your dream? If you could be known to, for playing one type of guitar, what would it be? Tell me. Oh my gosh. Well, listen, I, you know, this, I'm straight up the same way with tellies. I mean, my, yeah. my, my workhorse is a telly as well, mm-hmm. because when I was younger, I was like, strats to me were like the Ford Taurus. Everybody had them, and it's like they're kind of whatever. But I've since grown to really, really love them. But uh, when I was younger, I um, I loved I loved the sound of strats, the single coil strats, but I loved the bite of tellies. So I told a buddy of mine who made guitars, I said, listen, here's what I want. I want a big chunky neck like a Strat, Strat pickups, but I want the radness of a Tele body. And he said, 
that's going to look horrible. I said, just what? Do Dude, the, <laughs> the telly body is the best. I know body this. Ever. I know this. So I told him it took him like eight months to make it, but it sounds awesome. And I got this like when I was in high school or something, I put it all together. Well, he did. And I've had it um, refretted and I've got new um, strat stock pickups in it. Um, and it just sounds awesome. And it's got big, fat 11 gauge um, power ah. slinky strings on it. Um, so you can kind of like really bite into the, to, mm -hmm. uh, to the bends. Um, but, um, but that's it, man. I love, I love that telly and it sounds, um, it sounds great. I mean, I have a Les Paul, but I haven't really formed a bond with it yet. So I, I don't know cause it's got the humbuckers on it and stuff, but, mm -hmm. um, but the telly is something I can pick up and I can just go to town. Just like, let's go. Like, yeah. and that's the thing. I think you, you find that guitar where you're just like, I know exactly how this is going to feel in my hand. I know exactly mm -hmm. how the knobs, oh. like the sensitivity yeah. of the knobs like a dream. and stuff. Yeah. 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 So totally. I do, I, I'll take it back. I, that's my like, you know, kind of one-stop shop for guitars, but I still am going to rely on my Gibson SG just if I need that sound. But that guitar just feels great too. I got lucky because a lot of those um, SGs are heavy in the headstock. And so if you let, if you're standing up and playing, you let it just go. Mine yep, is yep. not at all. And it's the, it's like a light guitar. The telly's also light. the, the Les Pauls are heavy, man. I had one of those for a while and I Dude, would like hurt my back if I yeah, played like heavy. for an hour. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think they were meant to be made light because they were made for Les Paul, which was a jazz guy who sat down when he played. So right, exactly. I mean, so it's like, no one's going to be carrying this like lead weight, but, but yeah, I, I think since that time they've like thinned them out maybe a little bit, but, um, but yeah, they're heavy, dude. They're heavy. Uh, I read, or I watched an interview with Tom Morello and you know, he's notorious for wearing his guitar like way up high Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he plays. And so I, I don't know if it was Howard Stern. Someone asked him like, why do you do that? He goes, because it's the same, it's at the same level when I sit down. So when I'm, if I sit down and play, Obviously, the guitar's at a different level, but when I stand up, so he's like, I'm just used to like writing and doing stuff sitting down, and oh. I'm like, that's genius. And I tried it. I tried it the other day. I'm like, I look like such a freaking nerd. <laughs> it's like we would, you'd always make fun of the guys that would play guitar like way up there, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Are you, the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one one last note uh, before we go, but it was funny when I was talking to um, my luthier, and I, you know, I was asking him like, Hey, I'm, I want to get. Um, noiseless pickups which ones do you recommend and he goes i don't know you telly guys are an odd bunch <laughs> like there's like I'm definitely like a fanboy like telly players are known to be very particular which is hilarious i'm like I, all right i'll admit i'm one of those but it's not just for country tellies can be played in any musical genre try try doing some punk riffs with the telly you'll be very satisfied uh because it's anyway. got that really bite it's got that bite i love yeah. it you got the, the bites great and it's clear and it, man, they yep, stay in yep. tune. They're just solid. Well, all right. I think this was, uh, we, we've, we've, um, covered a bunch. Ex exhausted our, uh, vocal cords. I'm ready to call it a day and, uh, welcome back. This has been fun. We've missed doing this and, uh, yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see what topics we can talk about for the rest of the year, but until then stay safe, have fun make music make art be good yes and we will see you on the next episode this is sonic inducers presented by adref <laughs> <laughs>